Hey, and welcome to the CCWC podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Happy New Year. On this last day of the year, we're doing a little bit of maintenance here at the church, and so got a pit crew up here getting some stuff together. It's very nice. Thank you, gentlemen. Limbo for Todd. Good to go. I'm going to make sure these four legs are down, if that's okay with you guys. There we go. All right, we're set. Don't go too high. All right, got it. Instructions. Well, this morning, I am happy to say, um, you know, I've been blessed in many ways. One of the things that I've been blessed with is um, that I am not scared of heights. And uh, you might be wondering where this is going because there's a ladder on the platform, but I I am not scared of heights. I I do have other phobias, so to speak, but one of them is not um, being high up. And because of that specific blessing, when I was bivocational, I was working uh, in Indiana. I was working in a, in a hardware and lumber store called Von Tobel, and it was during um, one of the times in our country where uh, housing market, where building was was not doing well, and so this particular store was not seeing its best day. In fact, uh, oftentimes when we come to work, we wouldn't be there and, and wait on a lot of customers. Instead, we would do things around the store to to make it. Uh, beautiful to, uh, to to change how things were arranged. And one of the things that we would do, particularly uh, in the winter months, because of the fact that it was even more slow, was we would do painting and cleaning, or cleaning and painting. And because of this gift that I had, it was not uncommon for me to find myself having to climb a ladder up to the second story part of the building to clean the walls, clean the ceiling. Wow, this is a total different vantage point. This is what it's like to be a a basketball player, I guess. But I I would find myself up cleaning the walls and then painting the walls and doing all the work that was necessary uh, for someone who had this one blessing of not being scared of heights. And so I'd scurry up the ladder and I would do the work that was necessary. I'd scurry back down the ladder to get the supplies that I needed to, to continue what I was doing, new water for the to wipe the walls down, more paint, new brush, whatever it might be. But as you might imagine, and certainly some of you can probably relate to this, as I would do the job, sometimes what would take place is I would find myself at the top of the ladder, and because of the fact that I was trying to finish a project, stretch the paint, whatever it might be, I didn't always want to come down the ladder because I wanted to finish what I was doing. And so I would be up at the top, and I'm not going to try this now, particularly because those legs are close to the edge. I would walk the ladder so to speak, and stay up high. Or another thing that I would do is I would have other ladders set up around me. I'm going to pull this one. And what I would do is I would jump from one ladder to the other. So I'm going to put this one up right here. I'd be up on the ladder, and I would jump from one ladder to the other. Just kidding. I'm not (laughs) going to do that. But I'd find myself going from one to the other as if to find... A, a, a shortcut or some other necessary way to finish the project I was on, the mission I was on. And I can remember the day specifically when all of that 
what I'll call monkey business changed. I can remember the day where I was up on a ladder, I put my stuff away for the day, I clocked out, my shift was over, I went home, and I received news from my wife that I was going to be a dad. And at that moment, I was overwhelmed with excitement, with fear, with what's going to happen next. I had this new knowledge of, of, of life that was going to enter into the world and how it was going to change my life forever. I was going to be forever different, forever changed because of this new baby that was going to come into the world. And I remember in that moment thinking to myself, I've got more to live for. I've got something else to live for. I'm not going to monkey around at the top of the ladder anymore. I'm not going to jump from ladder to ladder. I'm not going to straddle or try to hang off and try to do these other things. Instead, at this point, I use this phrase, it's against my better judgment to do the activities that I used to do. It's like that the more you know commercial, right? The more you know, and there's this communication point. Can I tell you, the more we know, in fact, this series in, in gen, or this service, this sermon in general, talks about and acknowledges the fact that we just celebrated Christmas, the arrival of the king, the arrival of a baby that brought a new perspective in our lives. Or perhaps for the Christ follower was a reminder of what we already knew, K-N-E-W. And so we experience this new or this reminder of what we knew, whether we're a new follower now as a result of this season, as a result of the coming of the, the arrival of the king into our midst, or we're reminded of what we already knew and we're stepping forward in what we now know, which is that we can't be, we can't remain where we were before. In fact, for some of us, it may be larger than others, but the, and I'll use this phrase, the monkey business has to stop. And so we climb this ladder and we now pose this question, what do we do with this new commitment or this reminder of the commitment that we've made to allow this baby who entered into the world in the person of Jesus, transformed our lives. And, and in here, if you're a follower, a Christ follower of Jesus, you are transformed, you are made new. Where do we go from here. And I can think of no better time to establish this question and to, to pose it to us as a church, as brothers and sisters in Christ in this space and in those that are joining uh, from their living room or wherever else they might be, to think about the fact that this, this, this last Sunday and, this, and tomorrow being the first day of a new year, where do we go from here? Romans chapter 6, 1 through 4, reads like this as a jumping off point into our primary passage today. And chapter uh, 6, verse 1 through 4 says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? In other words, we, we know this new thing, but do we continue what we were doing before? And the answer is this in verse 2, By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were transformed, excuse me, were transformed, therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. It doesn't say there we may pray and then go about our business or we may continue to, to continue in the monkey business. No, it says we live a new life. 
And that's not just a challenge, that's actually a sense of hope, a sense of excitement, a sense of joy, because we can live a different life. We don't have to be where we used to be. In fact, that's not God's intention for us. That wasn't God's intention when he sent his son Jesus for us. Instead, his intention was that we would experience life and life anew, life full in him. We're going to look at another writing today. It's another letter. This is to the church in Colossae. This is uh, from the Apostle Paul as well. And he's writing specifically to a people who have experienced this, 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 this uh, frustration, this recognition of what it means to climb this ladder and straddle to the other and, and kind of do their own thing. And he's saying to them, look, you are different now. So here's the practical. Here's the way. Here's where we go. Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 17. This will be our primary focus for the day, and we will reference back to it several times. It says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming, and you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or, or Scythian, uh, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. All of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your, in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, when you join in with Christ and accept his salvation, you are different. And here Paul outlines through the, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit as he writes this down to the Colossians and gives these universal truths to you and I and to all believers throughout history. There, there's these, this understanding of what this truth, what salvation brings, this new process, sanctification journey that we walk on together. You see, he talks about salvation, that moment when things are changed, that moment when we are made new, that moment we come into something new. And in fact, the first point is this. The response and outcome of being made new is to live for his glory. Once again, in verse 
1 through 4, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, since your hearts are are on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It is new. It is different. It is changed. And we walk through these specific things. We recognize the fact that God has done a work within the context of those believers in that time, and he has in us as well. And it's not a work in which we just idly say, okay, well, I I wait for God now. No, it's a work that says, I want you to live differently. I want you to experience something new. I want you to know what it's like to walk in the light and to experience the saltiness of his love. You see, salvation is the start. And for some of us, salvation is, is simply just getting on the ladder, right? It's just that start. For some of us, salvation is we, we just kind of stand here at the, at the start of it, and we just kind of wait for whatever the next thing is. We've prayed the prayer. We go to church. Maybe we do a devotional from time to time. We pray before a meal. But what God is saying is, I want more of you. I want to draw you closer to myself. I want you to know me in a greater way. I want to grow with you. I want you to experience me. I want you to to experience a life that you could never experience should you have chosen your own way. At the same time, sometimes what happens, we find ourselves in a place where this experience of salvation takes place, but we are not fully ready or not fully accepting of the fact that God is calling us to surrender all. And so we find ourselves on a different ladder, on a different path. A shorter ladder, no doubt, a ladder that that in many cases, this isn't as dirty as I thought it was going to be, but in many cases, a a ladder that has has all the the, the scars and all the mars and all the things that may direct us in the wrong place, and so we find ourselves on this ladder, and from time to time, we're starting to walk up this ladder towards our own agenda. And if you note the way that these ladders are shaped, the way that they go, if I walk up this ladder, the more I go this direction, the further away I am from that. And sadly, sometimes we find ourselves even in the middle, right? And can I tell you, if I try to climb both of these, that's about as far as I can go. I've got to pick one or the other. I can't walk up both of these. You see, the agenda that one might have at some point has to be focused. It has to be decided. And you either follow God or you follow self, the idolatry that Paul talks about here. The, the, the worship of a created being or a created item rather than the creator, which is Christ the Lord. And so at some point, you have to choose your path. The passage continues, verse 5, we'll recap as we go. It says, but put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature. This physical action of putting away, putting to death the things that are not of God. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. And can I tell you, that's not an exhaustive list. There are more things, I'm sure, especially as the Spirit leads. He might put something in your heart that may not fit in those categories, but you know it's not of Him. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now... You must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. And I recognize within those, you know, you talk about anger, well, well, well God, he got anger, but he was not easily angered. We talk about some of these other things, and they're, they're almost acceptable 
to some extent, well, there's malice because of this frustration I have, or I, I can talk about this because it's an actual, it's a true thing, even though it's really hurtful towards someone else, or, or filthy language. Well, these are just English words. They weren't even around when Jesus walked, so, so the words of the crude things that I say, they may not be, well, can I tell you right here specifically, these aren't necessarily the, the, the practical as much as they are the heart. And if the Spirit is saying to you, hey, this is not right, that means that it's one of those things that we give over. Therefore, we, we, we give these things over, these earthly natures over to, to, to God. At the same time, it might be a situation where you say, well, the Spirit's not saying anything to me. Well, it, it may be that you've gone far enough that you can't hear the Spirit anymore. You've, you've suppressed the Spirit so much that you can't hear Him. And the desire there on the, on the part of God is for you to reign back in and to allow His Word to fill you once again, to allow the Spirit to speak through the words so that you might hear Him. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off the old self with these practices and, put, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its Creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew. There, there's no separation. There's no this or that. There's no circumcised or uncircumcised, no barbarian or, or Scythian. There's no slave or free, but Christ is in all, is all and is in all. And the reality of this is that God, in his infinite wisdom, in his infinite way, through Paul's letter here, has said there is there's basically two choices in life. There is the latter, or there is the choice to follow Christ, and there is the agenda for self. And the agenda for self is the one you need to put away should you choose Christ. Because all of us, in essence, and maybe not physically every single day, but, but certainly spiritually, we're climbing some kind of a ladder. We're on some kind of a journey. The only question is, which one are you on? And the point is this, to put to death the, the earthly nature. The, the point is, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And that can't be something that specifically uh, I state or, or, or even someone else states. That has to be something that God places on your heart. Now, I will say it is, it is possible to climb this ladder and sin still exists to some extent. I'll just say this. They spelled Warner wrong right here, right? They, they, they put an E in there. There's still going to be blemishes. There's still going to be mistakes. There's still going to be things that we walk through in life. You look at the life of King David. He was a man after God's own heart, but there was still sin. What the passage is speaking to isn't necessarily that we're always going to be perfect, though that should be our desire to be perfect just as God has been, is perfect, but it should be to follow him and not our own agenda. The personal agenda or idol chasing it, it versus this selfless following of God, they're, they're two different directions, and they, they end up in two different places. And so perhaps a, a rhetorical question that I'll state right now is, what are you chasing after today? Who are you chasing after today? What do you need to give up today? What, what earthly nature things need to be thrown aside? What ladder are you climbing today? Eliminate the earthly things, take it off, take off this old self and allow God to fill you, to transform you, to change you. But here's the reality of taking off the old self. Whenever we eliminate something in life, there's a void. And in that void, if you leave it idle, then I will tell you right now, Satan will come right back in. 
And so besides that, the passage here doesn't just say get rid of the old things, but instead encourages the believer, and in this case the reader as well, to say, okay, if I get rid of these things in my life, I give them to God, so to speak, the one who can take those things and redeem our life, then we must be filled with something else. And so the author says this in verse 12, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and, and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience, all things that point and, and direct and, 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 and in all ways reflect the nature, the goodness of God. It says, bear with each other. Therefore, it's not just a solo act, but this is a, a communal thing. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, which we talked about forgiveness last week. And what a reality check it is to think about the fact that God has forgiven us while we were yet sinners. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And if you read that in context, you recognize the fact that God is saying both individually and communally to embrace his love in a way that's not just something we hold on to as a badge, but it's something we live, something we breathe, something that's within us in our journey. Continuing in verse 15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. And the song from the Spirit sings to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see, as God's people, we are to clothe ourselves, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and with patience. And can I tell you, those are going to be really easy to do. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week, right? No, they're not easy. Because the world doesn't respond that way. The world around us, the, the, the first reaction of the world isn't to say, well, let me be kind in this situation. Or we're sitting in traffic, let me be patient with the person in front of me who doesn't gun it as soon as the light turns green. Right? The world that we have doesn't embrace these same concepts. That's why this is countercultural. That's why it's difficult. But at the same time, because God calls us to be the light of the world, that's why it's necessary. Because he wants us to be different. He wants us to reveal to the world there's a better way. There's a holistic way. There's a way where we can experience this life and the one beyond in a far deeper, a far greater, a far more fulfilling way. And we look at the ladders again, we recognize the fact that this side we experience peace. This side we experience unity. This side we experience thanksgiving. And, and there's a rippling effect of all of these aspects. We, expect, we, we experience gratitude. And over here we experience selfishness. And we experience our own agenda. And we experience uh, our, our own idolatry and, and our own individualism. And in the same regard, we, we, we from time to time find ourselves trying to, to toe the line of these two specifics, these two things, because we're being torn because of the pressures of the world, but also because of the recognition of what God has called us to. 
And as we climb these ladders together, we do so recognizing the fact that there's this matter of momentum where whichever one we're embraced more, whichever one we engage in, whichever environment we're in more often is going to be the one that's going to play for our attention, that's going to call for our attention. And so we find ourselves at a, at a crossroads again. And that same question is true because the same God in this, in, in this, in this world has brought forth the same opportunity for each person, which is this, that God has brought forth not just his son because of his love and his embrace and his goodness, but also because of his power. You see, we can climb the ladder, but we don't climb it under our own strength. We can embrace this opportunity to engage with God and to be clothed with this goodness, but we don't do so because of our own action. There has to be a willingness, yes, but God is the one that brings that. And I don't know what that looks like for you this year as we embrace this new year, whether that's a, a 365 reading or, or getting involved in some kind of a small group or whether that's embracing an opportunity to be able to allow God to change and transform you. This next series we're walking into starting next week, we're going to talk all about spiritual disciplines. We're going to talk about the, the windows, the ways that God provides for us to engage with the rest of the body and with Him to grow and be more like Him. And can I tell you, there's no greater way to embrace this new year and to embrace the time that God has given us than to say, God, what I have, who I am, what I experience, all that I have, my time, talent, and treasure is yours. And he can empower and transform and change in a way that we could never experience. Did you know the more that you follow God, the more that you engage with him, the, the, the more uh, the embrace you have for him, doesn't make life easier, but it makes it more fulfilling. It makes it more purposeful. You see, climbing the ladder isn't easy. Maybe some of you, like when I do this, it's, it, 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 you know, every time I get on here, you're like, oh, please don't do that, right? Every time I go up, you're like, oh, and you're thinking about yourself either being up the ladder, or you're thinking about, well, Steve, if you fall and break an arm or something right here, that, that, that's, that noise of your arm breaking is never going to go away. I'm always going to hear that, right? Sorry. No, the reality is when we, when we climb the ladder, when we walk up this ladder, whether it's, whether it's to embrace God or, or, or to embrace whatever it is that we have, when we do that, we are on a journey. We're on a path together. And so when we look at this now what mentality for this new year, this ser the, the sermon title of now know and, and new new is an embrace of the fact that we could come from two different places. This may be a now know for you. It may be that I now know Christ because of the embrace of this holiday. Or maybe it's you recognize the fact there's something new that you knew or that something new that you learned about that uh, you didn't already know prior to. And I recognize it's a lot easier for me to, to say these things and to, and to read this passage and for us to be excited about it in this setting because I know that in this setting we are engaged together and we are excited about what God's doing. And this environment is one that recognizes the fact that we, we worship God together through song and through fellowship and through giving and the reading of his word. But at some point, we're going to leave this room today. We're going to leave this place. We're going to turn off this live stream, and we're going to go into whatever our next engagement is, whether it be work or with family or difficult people, whatever that might look like. And at that point, we're left to do this. We're left to, to recognize this. Which ladder are you going to choose? And I recognize some of you maybe are with difficult people right now. It's, you, you drove here with difficult people. And in that, the question remains. Which ladder are you going to choose? God empowers you. God brings forth the freedom. God is the one that clothes you in his goodness. God is the one that, that comes before you. Joshua 24, 14, and 15 reads like this. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. 
Throw away the God your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates rivers and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites, in those lands you are living, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can you say that today? Can you establish that today? In fact, we're going to close in just a moment with a, with a commissioning portion where we're going to pray together as a church for this year and what God has planned for us. But can you say that? Is that your heart's desire both individually and for your home, for your house? We must live differently if we're made new. That is the reality of it. And there has to be another way. You know, all the monkey business, when, I, when that baby was about to enter into the world uh, and I was going to be living differently because I was going to be a father, I recognized the symbolism there. I recognized the metaphor there for the fact that there was a baby that came into the world and changed everything for all of us. When that baby came into the world, all the monkey business had to change, right? At the same time, skipping from one to the next had to change. You know, at some point I have to pick. At some point I'm not going to be able to climb both of these ladders anymore. And the reality is when we find ourselves in this place where you, 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 you look at your own life, you have to get real because you can't straddle the fence. You can't straddle the ladders forever. Maybe you go to church every week. Maybe this is where you find yourself on Sunday morning. Maybe you've been a believer your whole life or a church follower or a church attender or a Christ follower your whole life. But you're still straddling the ladder on Tuesdays. You're still straddling the ladder when you get in that environment with those few people that, that remind you of who you used to be, that old self of where you used to be. Can I tell you, God has something so much more powerful for you. God has something so much more fulfilling for you. And as we embrace his goodness, as we embrace what he has given us, we got to step off of the personal agenda of the idolatry of the things of this world and allow him to change us, to transform us, to make us new. I want to ask you to stand as we close this time together. In fact, well, I'll just say this. If you're a note taker and you want to get that completion, that last note is this. Live as one who has been made new. Live as one who has been made new. And this is all about being on offense. So I'm going to ask you to stand now, and you can write as you stand, I think. If not, I'll, I'll give you time to, to fill that in at the end. Live as one who has been made new, because if you are a Christ follower, the reality is you have been made new. It's not always about a feeling. It's not always about what it looks like at a certain time. You have been made new, and there's more in store for you than just praying at an altar or spending some time and engaging in, a, in a, a prayer of salvation. There's more because God wants more for you in life than he does specifically in engaging in a moment in time. We throw away now the monkey business. We throw away the double agendas and straddling the line, and we ask for God to change us, move us, and transform us. 
And so as we close in prayer and we, and, and we close this year out in prayer, here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. If you are in here right now and maybe it's a reaffirmation, maybe it's a, an affirmation of what you're already doing, maybe it's a, a time of saying, you know what, I do wanna jump off the, maybe I wanna just get rid of this ladder altogether. This, is, this one is out of the equation altogether. I just wanna throw that away, throw off the old self so that this is the only thing that I can see. And maybe for you today, that's the case. And here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm not gonna ask you to, to run around the room or to come up front. I just wanna ask you to put one hand or both hands up in the air just to say, God, I'm committing myself to you. And as we pray, I want you to fill me. I want your embrace. I want you to give me a double portion of your blessing, of your call, of your presence in my life. If that's you, just put your hands up. Put your hand up. Just say, God, this is, the, I am your vessel. This is your moment. I am yours to do with what you want. I am made new, and I want to live made new. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this season. We thank you for the reality of what it means to, to be in celebration of your son, Jesus. We, we the celebration of the fact that you, the king of the world, entered into our midst, and as a result, you changed everything. God, the news that you bring through who you are and through what you have done is something that brings light into the midst of darkness, brings encouragement in the midst of, of, of discouragement. God, you bring joy, you bring peace, you bring hope, you bring love in our midst. And God, I pray right now for us as a church, as families, as individuals, God, that in this moment that we would throw away, we would cast away the things, we'd allow you to take and remove the things in our life, God, that are calling us away, and you would, God, bring us on a path a journey, a navigation, God, of consecrated, uh, of, of sanctification, consecrated holiness towards you. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the way which you provided a way that we could never do. We ask, God, that you would move us, you would lead us, you would guide us. God, I pray over this year to come that you would bring forth an opportunity for each person here to be blessed beyond measure in a way, God, that you have, have granted us the opportunity to experience you afresh and anew. We thank you for the transformation you bring. We thank you for the way that you move, God. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and for being made new. And it's in your precious and your perfect and your holy and your provisional name that we pray. And all of us said together, amen. Amen. Let me just read this benediction to you in verse 17 once again. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Happy New Year. Go this year in the recognition that he has blessed you. I pray that he would orient you and navigate you towards the King, the Creator, the Savior. Go with God. He'll go with you. God bless you. Thank you again for spending time with us today. Thank you especially to those of you who give to CCWC. It is through your faithfulness that makes this ministry possible. Also, if you have any questions about today's teaching or if you want to learn more about CCWC, feel free to contact our office, check the web, or follow us on our social media platforms. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do encourage you to take a moment to subscribe and share it with friends. Let this be a blessing to someone else that you love in your life. You're always welcome to join us on Sunday morning for worship, or until then, we'll catch you on the next one. God bless.